0: This is a previously recorded episode. This show is broadcasting live from Detroit Sound Studios above Activate Gaming and is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more
1: information.
2: This is our podcast number 33. My name is Jeffrey Moss. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Jasper Apollonia. What's going on, Jasper? Not much, Jeff. And our producer, Jessica, who, by the way, I've got to exonerate Jasper tonight. He was actually fairly on time. Yeah,
1: it was my fault.
2: Uh, Jessica walks in here stumbling and bumbling. Uh I didn't
1: stumble. I was carrying carrying
2: bottles of booze with her.
1: For your drinking. Buzzed off her ass. You're welcome.
2: And I can't even blame her. Because her partner in crime is the gentleman who runs this operation. It was mm-hmm.
1: Dave. It was my boss. Our oh, judgment. and there he is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We're we're he's, we're twelve minutes guilty. late
2: because of you. So yeah. thanks a lot.
1: Well, actually, we're. You I know what? I'm not going to get into the details. <laughs> we'll just leave it there. <laughs>
0: oh my god! Oh, it wasn't a hundred
1: percent my fault, and or Dave's. All right. So we'll just we'll leave it at that.
0: Well, the the Nookie Thompson, the female Nookie Thompson over here, is what, just what bringing is, in all this that? booze. <laughs> It's a Bordeaux, HBO. It's, it's a reset to a guy who... Don't worry, uh, it's it's a very classy bootlegged. reference. Bootlegged.
1: Yeah, I feel like probably
2: not. He bootlegged alcohol during the uh, prohibition. I
1: yeah. feel like you're being an incognito. Are you saying right she
0: now? looks like Steve Buscemi? Because that would be no. An insult. That would actually that be that very. Mean. I have
1: a pen and I will stab you with it, Jasper. <laughs> you would
0: be you would be uh, within your rights too if I compared mm. you to Steve Buscemi. No.
1: Yeah, yeah, it would actually because he's hideous and he's not even marketable as a man. Well, I always so. I
0: always was taught that it's what's on the inside that really matters. But oh, I guess you're, you're way
1: more shallow I than I you're, am. You're, Who are you trying to kid? Which is
0: why he uh, dated a model.
1: Right. She Until she unceremoniously so dumped him. Her. Yeah,
0: she had a beautiful soul. What can I say? Sure.
1: Oh. By soul, do you mean tits?
0: No. Uh,
2: those were nice, too, but... So, uh, oh, okay. Jasper, anything going on in your in your life before we get into uh,
0: today's show? No, I, to I, I have no life. I, I work, like, f- 55 hours a week, so I don't have a life, unfortunately. Right. You yeah. Can,
2: when when he's not on the podcast you can find uh Jasper working at Toast wh- wh- which one yeah. which location? Birmingham, Birmingham Birmingham location Birmingham location big money baby and uh in the uh, in the evening at Bella Piatti over across from the townsend so mm-hmm. all right let's get into it i, I really didn't know what we were going to discuss this this evening uh, the sports world kind of dead uh, not going to oh, de- not going to yeah. devote any too time soon. too soon well, Jeff. sorry it didn't definitely didn't mean it that way. Uh, I really w- didn't want to discuss the lions cheerleaders. I really don't give two shits about that. Although Jessica wants me to do a tryout.
1: Oh my god, I want to do your makeup. Yeah, because they have one that has a belly, and like I have a little bit of belly right now, which you know don't judge me. It'll be gone in like a month, so suck it. Anyways, but you you could actually get in. Let's do your makeup and send you in for tryouts, and let's make it a whole yeah. spectacle. Yeah, we need like a really. Badass wig for you.
0: You you do realize this is the same organization that called the cops on him for a bad tweet once, well, right? What do you know. think? What well, do you they're think they're going to do? Recognize
1: him st- with makeup, a wig, and you know.
0: Oh some, yes, some, I'm, I don't I'm, know
1: what we're gonna put to like fill out. You know, I'm your, sure they're totally gonna area. fall for it. I don't oh, think I don't think you have to put
2: anything to fill my breast area right now. Um, <laughs> I I, I f- started. I feel like uh, we gotta do a lot. No, I started a, my diet yesterday. <laughs> tomato soup diet. Yeah, but
1: what is your diet? Because I offered him Jack Daniels. We just went and got a fifth, and I made a point to say, Hey, Dave, don't forget the Jack Daniels. Because you know what, Jeff likes Jack Daniels, well, and then I'll he doesn't want to drink it. I'll drink so. the Jack
0: Daniels. So what is
1: your What is your diet? sans Jack Daniels
2: tomato soup. For seven days, basically, and that's it.
1: You're gonna die.
2: I could. Like, well, I let's get. It. That's a good segue. Great segue. That's Great a good segue. segue. Oh, Thanks, Jessica. My bad. So last night, I'm watching that uh, abortion of a Detroit Tigers finish, which uh, we will get to uh, earlier in the evening. Uh, I was actually in the presence of Detroit Tigers Vice President of Baseball Operations Sam Menzin at Seaholm High School. Uh, he was giving a speech about how math affects. The real world and in, in his gig, uh, where he is basically the I'd say sabermetrics guru for the team. And we're going to get into uh, his uh, uh, seminar later in the show. But I'm watching the Tigers get home, watching it. We're up 7 nothing. Things are going smoothly. Uh, next thing you know, Matt Boyd gives up a few runs. The bullpen gives up a few runs. 9 7 in the bottom of the ninth. And uh, K Rod blows his first save, I think, since game one. First, or excuse me, the first couple games of the season. First yeah, opportunity. he'd he'd gotten something like what sixteen straight or something, something like that. Yeah, he's been pitching very well, but then I guess what he how many pitch times did he pitch in a row? Um, he's been pitching a lot this weekend, and it looked like he just basically had
0: nothing from the get go yesterday. Well, they've been throwing him out there for basically every ninth inning. So yeah, right, so well, it, it wasn't as bad though as a uh, couple week couple days ago when Robin Ventura threw out David Robertson. His closer, it, when they were down by 7 in the ninth, it was like the most horrible thing ever. So, well, maybe he needed some work. I mean, come on. But anyway, so I'm watching the game, and I'm just hoping, praying it
2: ends soon so I can go to sleep. When I get a Twitter message from a, an account, and let me get this account up for you. It's at Drew and Mike fans. Uh, of course, being Drew Lane and Mike Clark, formerly of Riff, Drew Lane formerly of 1051. So now they've got a podcast that they're doing, uh, as they both don't have radio gigs at the moment. I don't know. I think Drew and Mike fans is basically probably interns for the show or something, because the minute like the podcast is up, it seems they're sending these links out. So I think they have some affiliation with the actual show. Yeah, I would wonder how they even get the
0: audio otherwise.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah, so last night about, I don't know, 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning, I uh, get this tweet in my mentions that says, ML Elric hates Jeff Moss DSR. No one, quote, no one will care when he's dead. Like, I mean, can you imagine? I'm, I'm like falling asleep trying to watch the game and – I had to read it like 3 times. I'm like what it, what it, what the fuck is this? When was this posted? So I click on the link and uh there was truth in advertising in in the headline. They uh that was not a paraphrasing. That was this was his exact words. Yeah, so this is this was from yesterday's show, I guess. I guess they've done 26 podcasts already. And I'm just going to quote what the uh, blurb was. Drew, Drew announces his Twitter account for the podcast, which leads to a decision on Twitter trolls, which leads to the guys talking about Connor Cook's dad Twitter story. I'm reading this broken up because that's how it's written. However, as soon as Drew mentions the Detroit sports rag, ML Elric, however, reacted violently to the mere mention of the DSR and Jeff Moss. All right, so let's play the audio of this. I've uh, sectioned this off, and I've given it to... Uh, Jessica. Now I, I'm going to warn you, people. I Jessica has had a few, and the numbers are not matching up. So if we play this clip,
1: you know what? It's your what titling the of the mp no, 3 so We'll fault. see. Uh-huh. My well, fault. Yeah, actually. Not the when I lo- Where were
2: you guys anyway?
1: Seriously, when I guys? load what you actually what, what put, bar were you at? It doesn't really matter. Loaded. What I'm getting to is, you know, it's down the street. But anyways, I don't know. It's some. It starts with a C. Camila's or whatever. Oh, okay. Anyways, all right, but, Scarlett you know, O'Hara. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw you out on your ass. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see that. But so okay. I mean, I'm strong enough. That's but true. We, we have
0: challenged each other to a fight before. So yeah, Wouldn't, but we it just, would be a long We time haven't con. done it. I know so. it'll happen. It'll One happen. day
1: it'll happen, and there'll be butts made, and uh-huh. you know we'll wear gloves, and sure. I'll beat the shit out of you, and I'll yeah. win. So you know, anyways. But yeah, so but you titled and the MP3s are not loading, and you know the broadcasting system the same way. So it's like n- pinning right. the. Well, we're going to try it. Well, thanks, so thanks for play, explaining
0: um, how the
2: sausage is made. Let's let's play number one. Just hope this is the I'm one where, he, where, the where, ML, him, where you ML where
3: ML wishes <laughs> death on and me. If anybody
1: basically. wants me to, just go ahead and vote yes.
3: <laughs> number one. The uh, Connor, Connor Cook Connor story, Cook. just briefly. Please follow. I'm at Elric, and then it's Drew Mike
4: Podcast at, at Twitter. So I guess we're.
3: She tweets a lot about me. Every once in a while, I'll tweet. Like <laughs> every six minutes.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, this is kind of interesting. Uh, somebody sent me something. And I'm trying to think of where it was from. It was from. Oh, God. It's a sports website that. Uh, don't say the name. It's a Detroit sports website uh, I
3: don't say that this 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 puke isn't even worth being mentioned. The only time we should mention him is for his obituary, except okay. no one will care when he's dead
4: well I, I I'm just trying to give credit where credits due and, and it's not even somewhere. it's not even a big deal to okay. be honest um, oh God, Detroit sports rag is that, the one? Uh, is that the one you were thinking of That's the
3: one I was trying not to think of. I don't okay. even like to acknowledge their existence
4: well. I'm just. I guess I should have just brought it up and said it came from somewhere. But um, anyway, from some little child. Where if I, if I feel something deserves a source, I try to do my best and try to be fair. If it's somebody I like or I don't like oh, or, this, or in this between, is,
3: this is truly giving the devil his due.
4: Well, how old is this kid? Anyway, <laughs> this website put out something on Connor Cook's father's Twitter, which was interesting. Did you see it? It, it was, was very, very interesting. interesting. Yeah, and uh, and that's why I'm giving him credit because I thought it was interesting.
2: Okay, in about a minute and 20 seconds, he compares me to the devil, says the only time I should be mentioned is when my obituary is written.
1: Satan rises, apparently, because uh, you're doing good and he's a- not.
2: Also stated that
0: uh, nobody's going to care when I'm dead. Am I, I missing care. anything there, Jasper? Yeah. I he Okay, well, I have to make some corrections. First off, he did not compare you to the devil. He actually, I believe, said you <laughs> were the devil. Right. Uh, on top of that, that's not accurate, what he's saying. No one will care when you die. That's that's absolutely false. He'll be thrilled when you die, apparently, because <laughs> M.L. Elric is... Those are some choice words, my friend. Before I get into my comments, do you have anything to say about
2: he, that? Uh, yeah, I want? think
1: you're a piece of shit, Elric, <laughs> and you know what? You're never going to affect my life in any way, so I can actually say that, and I'm not worried about it. And who says that nobody will care when somebody else dies? Just because you don't like somebody doesn't mean you can't say... It doesn't mean that you can say that nobody will care when they die. There are a bunch of people that are going to be yes. extremely upset oh, yeah. when you you well, know, I'm running a die. poll.
2: I'm running a poll right now.
1: Well, I mean, I care. Your uh, wife cares. Jasper yeah. cares. 58%, Justin cares, even 58, though he'll deny
2: only, it. Only 58% of my followers right now in the vote say that they will care when I die.
1: 42% well,
2: of the people who know. follow me say that they're not going to care. So he's not completely off base. Wow.
1: Uh, I feel like he is because he said nobody. That's still a lot of people. That's actually the majority. Well, I think
2: he might have been just uh, being hyperbole there. Well, yeah,
1: he's sort of a dickhead. And by sort of a dickhead, I mean he's a huge raging dickhead.
2: Okay, so do you know who M.L. Elric is?
1: No, nor do I care. Okay.
2: Anyway, M.L. Elric used to write for the Detroit Free Press.
1: Okay, and a lot of people did Then they all sucked at life.
2: And and he uh, he, uh, was one of the two journalists who basically – Took down Kwame Pol- Kilpatrick.
1: Okay, and?
2: Okay. For- so that's, I'm just giving the background. Just because you have a oh. great
1: story doesn't well, mean that you're like a freaking demigod. How am I the, the one defending oh. ML Elric yeah. here?
4: I, I've never. For-
1: I don't really know. Okay. So honestly, why are you He, doing he ended up Stop going
2: it. to Fox 2 um, uh, News, where he is now a uh, lowest con- common denominator TV journalist. Uh, because obviously he couldn't make a good does enough Does he write living. about
1: anything with substance? He isn't right. He
2: does TV stuff. No. TV. Oh, so he all just right.
1: talks into a mic.
2: So, yeah. That's what we do. Well, that's what we do. Wow,
1: with this face on TV. Okay. okay, let me go into the rant. Now, let me get yeah. into the rant about
2: this guy, okay? Okay, All right. Um Wait for Actually, you know what? I probably should even get into the rant until I play the next clip because the next clip okay. is even more ridiculous because oh, he can God, say whatever really? he wants. Wa- he can yeah. He can say whatever <laughs> he wants about me. I really don't care. Um, he can hate me. I find it very funny that the one person in this town in the media who like publicly goes after me with this type of venom is a guy who's not in the sports media who uh, basically is a fringe person in my world. The only time I ever really went after him uh, was when he was propping up going on the radio on Detroit Sports 105.1 with Darren McCarty as his co-host, and I thought it was kind of hypocritical that M.L. Elric, who tries to shine the light on impropriety, who's gone after uh, members of the Detroit City Council, a man who is chiefly known, like I said before, for taking down Kwame Kilpatrick uh, with Jim Schaefer. Uh, They won a Pulitzer Prize the free press for that writing. Uh, this is a guy who thinks he's some, you know, Batman-esque figure.
0: If only he hated Kwame as much as he hated mm, wow. you. He would have gotten it done so, in half the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, really. Unbelievable. I don't think he said half the that meanest stuff yeah, about so, Kwame. Right. So, okay, so he so does all – this look. is basically what he's known
2: for, is going after people who uh, are basically garbage human beings – and then he goes on Detroit Sports 105.1 and co-hosts a show with Darren McCarty, a guy who – when he got divorced from his wife or when he left his wife in Calgary, he basically stole her car and ran up credit card bills um, – or because of his gambling at the casino that she worked at.
1: Okay, my comment on that is, I like Darren McCarty. I've met oh. him multiple times. I think he's a great guy. Everybody has a pass, and let's face it, at that time okay. he was drunk, and he'll never dispute it. And he'll well, never argue wow. with it. And well, we all make I, I could poor go, I poor, could, poor decisions. I could go on have and to have on. Blacked out hats. So. I can go
2: on and on about Darren you McCarty, know. but it's hypocritical uh, to do that's the show. Afraid.
1: Hmm. But well, he didn't call you out, so let's focus no, no, no. on the dickhead. Well, shit.
2: Okay. The point is is that Darren McCarty, he was doing a show with this guy, and I was calling him out saying, why are you doing a show with him? And that's basically my whole entire interaction with M.L. Elric. I think M.L. Elric has been told by other people in the media, these horror stories about me, which aren't even true, uh, because the things that he accused me of the day that you and I confronted him yeah. at Fox 2, I mean, there's a lot of crap that I've done, but the stuff that he was accusing me, I would gladly admit to anything that I've that I've done, but he was saying things that I that I never did. It was a fairly confounding argument that you and I had with right. him, and we're going to get into that too. But let us play the second clip where uh, he starts talking. He starts talking about Twitter trolls and how nobody ever will confront uh, the subject, which in this case, I guess, is him and True.
4: Uh, Connor Cook story, just briefly. Please
3: follow. I'm at Elric, and then it's Drew Mike Podcast at, at Twitter, so I guess we're... She tweets a lot about me. Every once in a while, I'll tweet. <laughs> <laughs> like every six minutes.
4: <laughs> um, this is kind of interesting. Uh, somebody sent me something, and I'm trying to think of where it was from. It was from... Oh, God. It's a sports website that... Uh, don't say the name. We're in between. Who knows? But uh, th- I thought the...
3: But I'll tell you who doesn't know every one of these little barf bags online saying exactly what they think happened because they have no idea. No, they don't No idea. These, these are the same guys that say these horrible, horrible things about people and about uh, players and coaches, but never show up at the press conference, never show up in the locker room, never show up on the field to stand behind their words because they wouldn't get pounded into the ground. I mean, most of these guys, even the college and high school guys, are are above that. But because they're cowards, they are straight up cowards with keyboards.
2: Okay, Co- so. cowards with keyboards. Now he's ba- this. Sorry now this that is, that's all right. Oh, this is coming after the discussion about me, and he goes into this topic of trolls and and people who are afraid to
0: confront the people they're ripping on, which is an accusation that is often lobbed at you, often lobbed at Justin Spiro as well, of being a keyboard, a Twitter tough guy or a keyboard warrior. I, I love the call-out, oh, these guys, they'd never show up to the practice facility. They'd never show up to the press conference. I would love to see you try and get into I, a press conference. I you have gotten been. into a couple. I've got into press conferences what happened when i snuck in. What happened after that?
2: They tra- they, the Detroit Tigers and the Detroit Lions uh, switched up their credential program
0: to keep me out. Ugh. I mean, I showed ridiculous up at, Ridiculous that your Jewish news credential no, can't get you in there anymore. It's,
2: it's awful, and it's anti-Semitic, <laughs> and, I've said it, and I've said it numerous times. But I'm—
0: If only the Jewish News would recognize that credential
2: too, and that's how this—that's how this, yeah, right. They they, they disavowed it too. The Jewish News is anti-Semitic as well.
0: Damn racists!
2: So to make this to lob this up in the discussion where it's coming on the heels of me that I'm some sort of Twitter tough guy when I've gone after you, Elric. I came to your place of work. You're a home court advantage. Jasper and I, last winter, when it was about 10 degrees below zero, showed up at Fox 2 Studios and had a 30-minute confrontation with you. And you're saying, I'm a coward? And basically, the reason that this was brought up in the first place is because you thought I wouldn't come and see you. You were posting on Facebook regarding the Drew Drew Sharp coverage, the plagiarism scandal, basically saying that you can't believe anything in the DSR because... uh, because of my past history, when the story was recognized by everyone as being 100% accurate, nobody doubted it, and that's how it started, and then you, I went after you again, and you said, well, you wouldn't say these things in my face, and then I came up and said these things to your face. And we're going to play that clip, which is number three. Uh, if you want to rem- hearken uh, back Titles to the time... wrong, by the way? I, I don't think so. I'm the yeah, one that's completely sober. Yeah, I'll show you. But anyway, uh, I, harken back to the time... Titles don't lie. ...where... Jasper and I, mainly me. Jasper, one is a cameraman, went and, and and confronted this guy, the guy who's call, saying that everyone's a keyboard tough guy. So, so listen to this interaction. It's a half, it's thirty minutes long. I only cut about a minute and a half of it because I didn't want to bore you. Yeah, actually, I was,
1: you cut two minutes and thirty one okay. seconds. Okay, whatever it's too it is, time apparently. <laughs>
2: <laughs> two and a half minutes. Okay, so yep. you can listen to some of that just to get a taste of what happened when uh, I faced off with Elric. I'm just... Sorry, I'm, I'm just... Uh, okay. you, you called Goal for me filming. to show up. I, I don't
3: know what your beef is. No, no, I said, all you trolls, if you got something to say to me, make an appointment, come say it. Do you think I'm a troll? It speaks for yourself.
2: Okay, do you think that Kwame and Cushionberry thought you were a troll? They probably accused you of being a troll. I do the same thing as you. I'm in your face. <laughs> uh, okay, you don't... No, no, no. Why, why do you have... The right to treat your subjects the way you do, but you feel that I am somehow some scourge for, for treating my subjects, the sports media, the sports teams in Detroit, in the same fashion. I don't understand why. What, what is your beef with I mean, me? I, do, I have no beef with you. You just said I'm the troll. Yeah, and, and you're you're childish. And you're rude. Based on, show, give, and me you're, an, give me an example of me being childish. And rude.
3: Uh, Tom Lewis wife.
2: Good one. How's that anything with the Lions? Because I because the Detroit Lions. Just told hold on a second. The Detroit Lions. I'm gonna let him talk. I mean, I'll, I'll talk. The Detroit Lions called the Allen Park talking about the Allen Park police on me because I tweeted out a Photoshop of William Clay Ford. It's a joke in a casket. They called the cops on me. An Allen Park detective in a city that's under a state of emergency they didn't have enough money to pay the cops. They had the Detroit Lions call. They didn't even go there to file complaint against me. They had a, a car come out and take the boys home in a bankrupt city. Okay? It was bullshit. The Lions have treated me like crap. So, okay, hold on. I declared a jihad on the Detroit Lions. And There's Alba a difference on. between me and him? I okay. didn't declare a jihad. I declared a, a jihad on him. And yes, I did post pictures of his wife. I don't know. Did I say shoe? I just post pictures of his wife. That's his wife. No, you... you
0: no, no. I, I, I'll... Let's... Be you did.
2: Yeah, I sounded real terrified, didn't I there? Of meeting up with Absolutely. him. And, and, and going back and forth.
0: Well, he can have his opinion. That's fine. Wow. I mean, to be fair, you did have me and my... Five foot hundred and and seventy pound frame backing you up. So, bro. but you didn't you were, sound terrified
1: <laughs> at all. You were attacking him like no, a pit bull. Of, of on, course, of course on a, not. Well, a pit bull that was actually trying to fight. Anyways, well, and, and this is fair. where
0: and this is where the constant criticism of the DSR and Jeff and Justin consistently falls flat. Because the fact of the matter is, both of them, not just them, almost all of the DSR elite members consistently show up when there is an event, uh, whether it's giving a blow-up doll to Scott the Gator Anderson, or whether it's you and I confronting ML Elric, or it's Justin Spiro underhanding free throws at the Palace. There's clearly no lack of desire to confront the subjects of the DSR by the members of the DSR that's obvious and right. and and I don't understand why it continues to be something that is brought up again and again when there's simply no basis for it and that night so that night he
2: accused me of a couple things that I've never done like I said I've done some shitty things that I will that I wouldn't deny because I did them and I'll own up to them My whole entire history of what I've done with the DSR basically is for public viewing. I've never deleted an article from the Detroit Sports Rag. Everything we've ever posted that's been, you know, going back, I don't know, five or six years uh, is still on there. There's some articles that were written in, you know, because we just, when we switched servers that we lost. But nothing's ever been deleted uh, purposely. All my tweets are there. I've never deleted tweets for any reason, so you can see anything I've ever said. It's pretty much up on the web. He accused me of one thing. He accused me of was going after Drew Lane when his when Drew's girlfriend's son committed suicide. I guess. Like I don't know what. How would you you even know that? that? It was well. It was it was public knowledge.
1: But I didn't ever what did I say? Like you're an asshole, but you're not the devil. You would yeah. never attack somebody why like I, that. You why? know what I'm saying? You attack people on their douchebaggery. There's First, a douche. Not difference. to mention when
2: all that happened, it was before Drew was even doing sports. I don't even I would ever Drew Lane was even on my radar. I've never said anything about someone committing suicide. I mean, I don't know what the who told ML Elric that, but it's not fucking true. Then he claimed that I started like calling someone at their home when they got fired. That was that was the big deal, back. Yes, remember that he kept bringing that up, and I said, "Well, if you tell me who this person was, I can respond." And he kept saying, "Well, I'm not bringing that person into it. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to tell." So I couldn't even defend myself because he wouldn't tell me who it was. Now, have I reached out to people who have been dismissed from jobs in radio for a quote? At least once that
1: I know of. Yes.
2: Yeah, because I I'm not going to deny that. Guess what? That's what journalists do. Someone loses their job at a radio station, you might contact him and say, well, what happened? You're, for a story you're writing. Not to do an a end zone dance, well, and but I don't- for content for the website. So I don't know what the fuck he's talking about because the guy wouldn't say who he was talking about. And keep in mind, this is a guy who went on. He got into the fire with that, that attorney, Reti, who was – I forget who he was defending. And he went on that Let It Rip show on Fox 2 – and basically, and, and ML Elric said, well, you know, we go back and forth and we, we fight and push and shove. And they were wearing hockey equipment, mm-hmm. the attorney that he was in getting into it with. And Elric were wearing hockey equipment on the set and then said, oh, this is all professional wrestling. That, that's what ML Elric had to say. Okay, that's – so you're putting on a show?
0: Is that what you're telling me? I'm not putting on a show. This is all legitimate and real, what I'm well, doing. Well, and, and I think it's important to differentiate – what the DSR does from journalism because there are certain ethical things that you do uh, that I would not necessarily classify as being journalistically uh, above board but but I don't think that's important because the aim of the DSR is to not only elevate the discourse of about sports but also to talk about personalities to talk about people in this market. Who are related to sports? That's why Tori Petrie <laughs> gets uh, something on her. That's why Tom Lawan's wife gets something on her. Although, well, the Tom Lawan thing wasn't my greatest moment. And no. I even said that in that audio. But but that's something where you walk a fine line, and sometimes things work out, sometimes they don't. God knows, Howard's not every Howard Stern bit has been a winner. My my point, however, is that even if you are calling somebody up. In radio, after they've been fired or let go or left, you're just doing your due diligence. That's what the DSR is. You're trying to get a quote. We, we're the there's, only there's entity a in
2: town that covers the Detroit sports media, and, if, and you know we're
0: what? The only one. And if a guy and if a guy picks up the phone, and you go, "Hey, this is Jeff Moss. Can I get a quote?" and he goes, "Fuck off," right? Well, then okay, then it is what it is. But if Scott Van Pelt gets
2: fired from ESPN tonight, and Tom Lay from Deadspin calls him at, on a cell phone yeah. or asks for a text message send him a text message uh, is that something that's beyond the pale i mean that's what this that's what this guy had nothing he probably doesn't read the website i'm sure he doesn't listen to the podcast i'm certain he doesn't everything, read the website everything he's being told is by other people so he's getting it third hand he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about and he's accusing me of doing all these awful things well let's play the last clip of ml elric which is going to hang him and you can tell me what you think about ml elric after you hear this clip I'll tell you something, because you I brought it, you. it up. You brought it up. You brought it up. And now you don't give congratulations me the ability, coming here. You don't give me the ability you. to respond. I don't need a grand congratulations. That's, I, why'd I, you
3: come here? You want the publicity? You want no, the I attention? Don't. No, I I've don't. I've given you a platform you wouldn't have otherwise. You're welcome.
2: I, trust me, I have plenty of
0: platforms. I'm right. sure
3: you do. They're I'm, all in your closet.
0: Yeah. Thanks. I know. I know. It doesn't work for Periscope, though.
2: So M.L. Elric in that comment says to me that he's giving me a platform. Okay, we'll get into that in a second. And that when I respond by saying I don't need your platform, I've got plenty of platforms, which what I meant by saying that was uh, Periscope, Twitter, the website, my Facebook page, whatever. I've got plenty of places to spew what I want to do, what I want to get out to the masses.
1: Jesus Christ, response, we don't get your stuff up for 24 hours and people are like bombarding Dave. Right. Like, where's the show?
2: Right. His re- so MLL's response to me saying I have plenty of platforms was to say, yeah, they're probably all in your closet. Which was a blatant homophobic remark. Basically accusing me of wearing women's shoes. What, M.L. whatever, tell me that I'm tra- it, I'm transgender now? Wow. Well, you
1: don't want to have don't, to blow people to want to cross-dress. I don't
2: know if he's that. necessarily being homophobic. What, I just, what, 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 I what, think, what else could that comment be? What, what, how else can you read that comment? Oh, when I say I, can, I have plenty of platforms and he says they're all in your closet. Here's he's a, referring to platform shoes. Yeah, he's, of so course I, that's what I, he's I, referring to. Well, what I'm saying yeah. is
0: I think he's flustered. It was clear from that entire exchange that he I'm flustered a lot. I'm posted right now. I'm not going out and
2: bombing gay people again. I think Here's he was trying. To, I think he was trying to come up. I'm not accusing him, even though he's got a uh, he's got an earring in his ear that makes him look like the uh, lead singer from Wham. I'm not saying anything about him.
0: Well, you, you said that, not me. But uh, <laughs> I think the thing with ML is that there's a certain level of. Uh, he's got. He's built up this sort of personality. This persona of. Being morally and intellectually superior to you, right? So much so, so everything that you say has to have a witty comeback to it. There has I to do. be a, a retort that makes you look foolish. But if, he's so flustered and confounded, and that was because my whole he's point. Wrong. Originally, if you
2: want to be morally take the moral high ground, don't do a show and promote it with Darren McCarty. Like I told him in that when we had Jessica, don't comment on Darren McCarty anymore. Okay, yes, no. he's a piece of crap. Okay. I don't, I don't want to hear anything. I mean, I've got I could barbarian with hundred stories. I'm not going to do that. But he's a piece of crap, and he and, and like I said to him in that that evening, you Detroit came to me and wanted me to do a show with Denny McLean a few years back, a Tiger pregame show before opening day, and I said I would not appear on a show with Denny McLean, a man who stole people's pension funds up in. The, with the peat packaging uh company what was that Munsing I forget what city that was was already in jail for racketeering I think he got on a technicality that I wouldn't do a show with him you could have said no to doing that show and you know don't take any and you fine do the show but don't take any moral high ground
0: with me that you're you're above the fray it's it, it just it's just a joke and well I, and on top of that you know his other remarks as though uh, his platform is so much better. He's giving oh, you a thing. platform. Right. He's giving you all this attention. ML Elric, I don't even know if he has half the Twitter followers well, you have. Forget that. Do. What platform was he giving me?
2: He wasn't putting me on Fox News. He's not putting you News. on Fox 2, yeah. He didn't tweet out a link to, to the Periscope.
0: When's that invite from Dapper Dan coming?
2: Yeah. <laughs> what platform? I put it on, on our on website. your Periscope? I put it on my Periscope, and it was all through me. He didn't give me any platform. He thinks that because... He's a TV reporter on Fox 2. Like,
0: anybody da, da, cares? Da, who gives a like shit? Like, anybody cares? Jessica
2: didn't even know who he was. And, and it, I know think what? it's important. I'm not
1: saying anything for the next fucking, what have we left? Uh, hour and fucking <laughs> 17 minutes. Yeah, well, I, okay. I, I think, don't have that
0: much time. I think it's important that we also clarify. You and I both feel as though ML Elric, journalistically speaking in this town, is one of the good guys. He's one of the good guys. Wait, because what he did with Kwame, what he did in the city of yeah, Detroit— Yeah, what he did with Kwame was basically an attorney handed him over the, the
2: uh, text messages, and they gave it to him. It's not as though— He probably wrote the, co- he probably rode the coattails of Jim Schaefer. Uh, okay, come on. Which he, was already, which he was already hypersensitive
0: about that night. He was very sensitive about that Because he brought up the true. fact
2: that, oh yeah, Jim Schaefer did it all, right? That's what you're going to tell me? Yeah. He put that into my mind. And then I did some research and found out, yeah— a lot of people in the Detroit Free Press say that, yeah, Jim Schaefer did most of the work and that you were along for the ride. And based on your ability to debate, your your ability to make points on this Drew Lane podcast, I don't think you have the mental capacity to take down a Kwame Kilpatrick. So I'm pretty much believing that Jim Schaefer did most of the work at this point. I Because Jim what's Schaefer's very... still at the Free Press, and you're at lowest common denominator Fox 2 News uh, doing Television reports, which basically the only time you ever get attention was when a security
0: guard pushes you trying to get near a a Detroit city councilman. Well, and the only – again, another thing I see here is there's no – there's never any actual attack of your positions. There's no any actual step-by-step breakdown of why he thinks what you do is so bad and why it's so wrong and why it's so immoral. And so against what he believes in, there's never any talk of that. It's all ad hominem attacks. It's nobody's going to care when he's dead. Oh, he's a basement blogger. He's this, he's that. There's never any actual explanation of what he finds to be so reprehensible. There's no actual explanation of what he is so opposed to, why he thinks you're a coward, all this, all that. It's all personal. There's no thought behind it. It's all personal attacks.
2: Right. Well, the last thing I'll say is one, two things. One, um, my mom chimed in and sent oh. a message. Uh, give M.L. Elric a message for me on your podcast. Tell him he's an ass making a remark like he did about you after what happened this weekend. I wish he loses his job. Nasty
0: individual. I mean, when when Jeff And my Moss's mom never mom, defends me, basically. I was going to say, when Jeff Moss's mom Congrats thinks you're a nasty Mama individual. Moss. Dear God. of
1: that?
2: Seriously, can we I mean, create
1: a hashtag she gave, for? Her?
2: She she gave uh, birth to the Antichrist, the so, devil himself, exactly. <laughs> and then, so so listen to this. This is the final thing because the guy can't even he can't even speak he can't even stand up to his own words. The Drew and Mike fan Twitter account when they tweeted out M L Elric hates Jeff Moss DSR. No one will care when he's dead. When they quoted him in that and then linked it, they tagged him also. So this was M L Elric's response to that. Quote, hate question mark? Nope. I don't care now either. What? Huh? You said nobody is going to care when I'm going to die. You called me a child. You said I was the devil. Yeah, he doesn't care about you so much he thinks you're the devil. (coughs) And then when you question about it on Twitter, he says, hate question mark? Nope. I don't care now either. Okay. Uh, Clearly, there's no animosity there whatsoever. And I I just Mm -hmm. find it very funny that the guy was so defensive that day when we didn't bring up the fact that Jim Schaefer... Uh, basically probably carried the story and he brought he just brought it up out of out of out of thin air so thanks for that dipshit all right when we come back we're going to talk about the tigers uh thanks for ml elric giving us 38 or
0: 40 minutes of uh, content yeah, we, we really juiced that thing didn't we yeah, huh? we,
2: we milked that for oh, all it's worth thank god we're going to come back and uh we're going to talk about the Tigers, going to talk about Gordy Howe, going to talk about Sam Menzen last How night. many times can I say that Brad Ausmus is an idiot in a different we're, way? Jessica's going to yell at me about what a great guy Deere McCarty is. <laughs>
1: I really am.
2: We're going to take a real short break. Yeah. it be like break. 10 seconds. Yeah.
1: <laughs> this is a previously recorded episode.
2: All right, we're back on the DSR podcast. Uh, last thing I want to say is I've reached out to uh, the people who run that Drew and Mike Twitter account which I think they have some affiliation to the show and told them that I want to get booked on as a co-host a guest co-host with Drew I think that would probably be the highest rated uh, podcast I'm guessing they probably be a little more a few more people tuning in to listen to me and Drew go at it for a couple hours uh, then Charlie LaDuff and ML Elric uh,
0: and even Mike probably at this point So, by the way I was sent a DM just a couple of minutes ago Linking to a tweet that ML Elric sent out today at 2.45 saying, uh, quoting a tweet by one, uh, by a woman. I'm not going to say her name. She doesn't need that. But she said, when you're on the at Drew and Mike podcast, I know it's going to be a good one, ML. Excellent work. Forget about those trolls. ML quoted that and said, I'm learning to ignore them, which allows some of their wildly inaccurate BS to stand, but spares me aggravation. Well, I don't know, I don't know which is more untrue that the DSR is peddling in wildly inaccurate mm-hmm. BOS, or that he's learning to ignore them because I don't think he was paying attention in the first place. Yeah, I what, what trolls is he even talking I mean everyone the right, Remember falls, how the, wildly inaccurate you were about the Jim Harbaugh
2: news? Yeah. Mm. I, I just don't even know what he's even talking about. The guy is barely spends any time on Twitter and what trolls is he even talking about? The they're talking about the Michigan buzzboard. Message board. I mean, who, you, it's very easy to. Who else that. could it be? Who but you? cares. Who I, else
0: could it be? But who's trolling?
2: I MLL. Tro- or, i have not talked to him in, since our discussion. Well, that's that, what I'm that. saying.
0: It's I. I just don't understand this animosity. And I gotta that he has. give credit it's, to Drew. One it's more. Really, it's really pathetic. Right. It really is.
2: I gotta give cur- credit cur- cur- to Drew because Drew, even though he faked like he didn't know the name of the website for about fifteen or twenty seconds, when he de- he knew what the DSR was. I mean, please give me a break. But. At least he went out and gave credit where credit was due to the devil. Let's talk about the Tigers uh, now for a little while. Uh, do we have to? I mean, the, things were going so well. They were two and a half games back of Cleveland after Cleveland loses last night uh, to Kansas City. All they needed to do was close down that game 9-7 to in the ninth, and they would have been two games out, which would have been the closest they've been to first place since I think like April 24th when they were in a gate, when they were a game and a half out. So what, like two weeks into the season, uh, something like that, um, two and a half weeks in the season. So they'd have been the closest if they just would have won that game and been two games out. Uh, Fulmer's pitching. Well, starting pitching has been better. Oh, pitching. Well, is an yeah, understatement. yeah, I'm always been pitching. I mean, he's been unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so things, you know, the hitting's come around, everything was going great until yesterday. Uh, but there's a couple things I want to talk about. We're going to get into the men's and stuff. I got a clip I can play from last night. A question I asked him at uh, the uh, his speech that he gave at Seaholm High School. But but one of the things that needs to be done like immediately is get rid of one of the excess pitchers that they have. Instead of calling up Farmer today for um, Purcell, or whatever the hell his name is, the former Mets closer, Bobby Purcell, or whatever he is, um, who kind of was was the impetus for the team blowing the game yesterday in the sixth inning?
0: Chris Parnell.
2: Chris Parnell. Yeah, there we go. That, I don't know.
0: No, that's the Purcell, former SNL Parnell. guy. It's uh Brad. Brad. Bobby Parnell.
2: Bob pa- Parnell. What yeah, did I Bobby say? Bobby Parnell. I don't even know.
0: Purcell. I, I hope I never want to. I don't
2: want to ever hear Sydney him Purcell. again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. From <laughs> exactly. uh, from Veep.
0: I'm, I'm a little. am a. Little, that's. I think where I. I, I that is where, where you got I it. Best show ever. Sydney yeah. Sydney Purcell. Exactly. Uh so, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. By the way, Uh, Bobby Parnell. Yeah, Chris Parnell. Uh, Slight aside, am I crazy? I'm more attracted to Julia Lloris Dreyfus now than I was from Seinfeld. Oh, my God. She's sexy.
1: She's hotter now than she she was during Seinfeld. Seinfeld, You were three. She literally does. You were three when Seinfeld came out. Well, no, but everybody watched it when they were growing up. so, So, like, when he was a aware yeah. of the fact they actually had boners. Well, no,
0: no, like, no, no, no. Also, you know, I, I it's like also right. on TV 24-7, so. so. Uh, so.
1: I mean, you would have banged her back then when you watched would have boners. I would have been like
0: six. Uh, <laughs> so. But you
1: watched Seinfeld after you were yeah. six, so you still rel- – yeah. whatever, true. I'm That's not going to agree right. with you. Anyways, she's way hotter now. She's hot now. Okay. Anyway. She is aged like a fine wine. Yes. So.
2: so, Bobby Parnell. Okay, so instead of calling up Farmer, Ugh. Buck Farmer, today – they should have called up Steven Moya, or someone who can hit the ball. Because can you read the lineup that they're
0: throwing out there tonight? All right, one Ian Kinsler is going to be leading off. Second will be Jose Iglesias, the man with a three hundred four OBP. Third Miguel Cabrera, oh. fourth Nick Castellanos, then J.D. Justin Upton. Seven is McCann. Eight is Mike Avilas and Mike Avilas, And nine is Andrew Romine. Yeah. Ooh.
2: So in the last, like, eight or nine days, maybe seven days even, less than seven days, the Tigers have batted Mike Avilis' second one game, a guy who's got a career on-base percentage under three hundred Andrew Romine... Second, one game, a guy who's got a career on base percentage of under three hundred. Now tonight, Jose Iglesias, who's basically been struggling to get on base all year, is batting second. This this is ridiculous to have a, to have. First of all, Aviwas and Romine shouldn't, shouldn't be on the be, same team. they
0: shouldn't, they shouldn't be the, in the majors. same?
2: They're the same person. They're both guys who are going to hit maximum OPSs of around six hundred. They can't get on base. They can't get. They can't hit. They're just utility guys. One of those guys can be the 25th guy. That's fine. But it seems like every day over the last week or so, one of them's been in the lineup. And tonight, because of Victor Martinez's injury, both of them are in there. And it's it's you're giving away at-bats. Last night, Mike Aviles almost pulled a Jared Laird. Game 163 against the Twins in 2009. The man was 0 for 5. And left nine men on base. The only reason he didn't have the opportunity to pull the full Gerald Laird and go 0-6 with 10 men left on base was because with Justin Upton on first base in, the, I think, the top of the 10th or 11th or whatever it was, Victor Martinez pinch hit for him. Or I'm sure he would have been 0-6 with the 10 men left on base, duplicating the perfect game
0: of Gerald Laird. Which Which is insane when you think about the fact that the Tigers still scored nine runs. Yep. They scored nine runs. They scored nine runs, even though... Even though this nothing went 0-5, left nine men on base. That's, like, mind-boggling. It's that. mind-boggling. The Tigers scored nine runs,
2: Jasper, with a guy in the lineup going 0-5, leaving nine men on the base. Plus... Ian Kinsler got caught off uh, first base and J.D. Mardia, Tina's got thrown out at second base trying to stretch a single to a double, and they're lucky there would have been another third one if Salta Lamakia gets called out and doesn't have some incredible stupid slide who's thrown out by about three steps.
0: Oh, yeah, it was the terrible base running. Base terrible running. terrible, running. Again, terrible base running.
2: And when, getting back to the main point, though, can you argue with me that this team needs someone like Stephen Moya, someone who, can, someone who can at least maybe come through with a hit Maybe go one for five with well, seven men left on base, and that's a difference in the even game. Even
0: if he doesn't, at least there's the possibility for upside there. At this point in their careers, Romine and Avilas are what they are, and they've been what they are for about three years. You know what you're getting from these guys. There's, It's not like tomorrow the switch is going to flip and... They're going to be J.D. Martinez part two. Uh, the thing that a lot of people overlook when it comes to J.D. Martinez is, yeah, of course he was basically given away by the Astros, but the guy was a highly touted prospect. It's not as though he was some nobody. Uh, Avilas and Romine are not they – they, they've to be, never been anything special. They were they've signed never, to be the
2: 25th guy, and you can't have
0: 22 guys who can't hit in the lineup. Well, and it's and, fine and, and, if he's the, if there's the 25th guy. But you can't have two 25th guys batting in your lineup the same day. No. It doesn't work. Well, it doesn't and, work. And right now, the fact is,
2: you've got Mabin who's battling a nagging wrist problem. And you've got Victor Martinez, who day-to-day, based on how he swings, how that's going to impact his hamstring or his knee, you never know when he's going to have to have a few days off. You do not have the luxury of having these two guys both on the roster. Get rid of one of them. It, it, it's just, it, it's just, it's just idiotic. Who's their fourth out? I mean, they really don't have a fourth outfielder. Have you, how many teams don't have a fourth outfielder because they've got Mabin, Martinez, and Upton? You, these two guys aren't. Romine played center the other day. He's I was going to say, what do fielder. you throw Romine?
0: I mean, you can't and, throw Avila. You is, can't throw Velas out there. He's a
2: corner. <laughs> maybe right. He's a he's some he's he's a utility guy. He's not a he's not like a number 4 guy where you have a fourth outfielder who can fill in no. once or twice and, a week. And he's he not bad.
0: He's a guy who he's just terrible. And you know, he has been terrible this year and he's completely off the Tigers' radar at this point it seems like. But Anthony Ghost at the very least earlier on in the season you imagined filling that role, either him or Maben just sort of switching off in that. It, it wasn't exactly clear but at least you knew you had four outfielders. Now, Ghost is who the hell knows? He's half the way to Haiti at this point, and they have no one in the outfield. And it doesn't look as though they have any intention of calling someone up like like Stephen Moya. On Baseball Reference, you know how they label the positions that Mike Aviles plays. I would guess it'd Aviles? be second, second, and third, second, third, and short. There okay. we go. Let's go to let's go he's to like, yeah. Let's go to Andrew Romine. I would say Romine. They probably list. They probably list them as like first, third, outfield. No, shortstop, third base, and second baseman. They
2: have two uh, guys. Yeah, they wouldn't. Play they have that two first. guys who are basically listed at the same as, position. So that means they only have. They really legitimately only have three outfielders on the roster. Yes. So they got to do something, and we'll. You know, I, I don't know how much we, else we want to talk about the Tigers
0: I and before we talk about Yeah, management. there's I mean, look, there's only so much you can talk about when it comes to a lineup like this, and we talked about it last week. I can understand if you need to put a guy into your lineup to give guys days off. That's fine. Victor Martinez has an injury. Cameron Maven has an injury. Guess what? It's still fucking June. You sit him. You put some guys in there. But it's unacceptable that they don't have the right players to put in in their stead. Right. And, and... And On really, top of that, when, you know, and you want to bitch about putting a guy like Iglesias with a 304 OBP in the two-hole, but you look at the other options. Well, here's the option. The <laughs> it's option. <a> <laughs> and, a, and a no, no, no,
2: no. The option would be to move everyone up and move— and, and But pay. that's not going to happen. Well, that's never going to happen. Now with Ausmus. With, with with miss, but let me—and we'll, we're going to get into the our next topic, and that'll be a nice segue, getting into Menzen. But this lineup right now— would look a hell of a lot better if Kinsler's batting leadoff, Cabrera's batting second, JD's batting third, Castellanos fourth, uh, Upton, Upton fifth, fifth, then the catcher position, whatever. And Moya's replacing uh-huh. one of the two wonder twins of Romine and Avilas. One of those two is out of the lineup, and you got a, sure. at least a power threat, and a left handed a- hitter in, in U.S. Cellular. At least it's a little more affordable. Why? Let's let's go to
0: Menzen. After unless you want to. All I'm saying it. is like yeah. I mean, look, this lineup looks a hell of a lot better if you've got Iglesias in the seven hole instead of the two hole. It, it makes more sense, especially when you consider the fact that Roman and Avilas were both awful. They've both been terrible, and Avilas especially last night. Why would you put him in a position where he's going to be at the bottom of the order with all this other crap? And they called someone up today, and it was Buck Farmer. I'm sorry. Ooh,
2: you need. Ooh, you, you need. You need someone who can play the outfield. Who's an outfielder who can hit as the fourth? You, it, well, we've talked that to death. Let's talk about last night. So last night you were at Seaholm University playing uh, basketball instead of in the gym. Well, I had no idea. I
0: was in one of the uh,
2: rooms. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, there's a reason only one of us has man tits. So. I'm working on it. I know you are, Mister Tomato. Soup. Tomato little soup little diet. Tomato soup diet. I will be diet. down 30 pounds within by by August 1st. Congrats, and you'll have gained it all back by August 3rd.
1: Yeah, like the second you what eat a, you're a piece gonna, of you're bread. gonna eat, you're gonna what eat, a, you're you gonna eat one, one piece one one of g- bread. That's what I'm saying. You're one piece eat. of bread. You're gonna blow up like a fucking. Blimp. He's gonna
0: eat a slice of pizza, and every single yeah, one of those carbs. will go No carb diet
1: doesn't work. Go to the gym, run on a treadmill. You know what? We will match one another.
0: Beautiful. There if was, you can
1: beat me by Jessica, a pound, like Because I have like a baby Taco burrito growing inside my body. Like I'm not having a baby. There was a and beautiful I don't look picture like a pregnant, of, but I have Jeff. a I have a burrito little baby. That's like I just going me. Yeah. She, he uh I'm
0: there trying. was a beautiful picture of, of Jeff on Facebook the no. other day. Oh, please. He had some Voluptuous breasts. <laughs> that
2: was a picture. That was a
1: trick. Did it make pic- you want to motorboat them? It was an a
0: bad <laughs> angle. Although that picture did lead to the diet. So yeah. Well, there you go. This is uh, this is your job of the hut in a vest part. Listen, two. Jeff, you're exactly.
1: skinny to many, 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 many people that I've actually seen. So
2: okay. Well, wow. I'm going to be Jesus a lot skinnier. Christ, in about a month. that.
1: Don't judge me, people. I'm muting my. All way. right.
2: So last night, Sam Menzen gives a speech. go go, go eat something. Jessica. No, she's <laughs> got to be here to play the clip. How about you oh. just sh- or I would have thrown her. <laughs> when you said she wanted a ten minute break to go smoke,
1: I didn't want a ten minute break. I said, "Do I have ten oh, minutes?" Unbelievable. Oh, no. We got to play the clip because if I say ten minutes, then it'll be five on your end. Okay, and we go. So anyway, um,
2: um, yeah. When uh, Dave Dombrowski <laughs> uh, departed last year, and Al Avila, uh, was promoted to GM, one of the first things he did was promoted you, brought in Jay Sartori and Christopher Long. This off season, when they asked about what the difference in the department was under Dabrowski versus now. He told MLB Network, we have a department now. Could you explain kind of what the philosophy shift has been uh, under Dabrowski and what you're using analytically, sabermetrically wise with Alavila, what the changes are?
0: Um, Sure. So, uh, you know, rather than talk about, you know, differences or what we used to do or, you know, we can talk about what we currently do and kind of our vision going forward. Um, So... In, when I was hired in 2012, I worked with a gentleman named Mike Smith, who had been here for a long time, uh, Who's in my current role uh, when he was here. Uh, he left the organization for other um, uh, pursuits outside of baseball. So it was really just me for a little while. Um, and so the move was to expand the department. Right? So we wanted to have more bodies. Most teams have an army of analysts and engineers and developers working in, in baseball analytics. And we had a relatively small department. So, um, as you mentioned, Al, uh, he promoted me last summer, and then we've uh, hired several people, uh, as well as established an internship program. Uh, we look to continue that expansion uh, going forward.
2: Things that are in, uh, comment, and we're, we're we can you can take a few minutes now if you'd like, because we're that's we're done with clips. Oh yeah.
1: God, stop being a smart ass. I'm All not. Right. I was trying to tell you you could
2: go. <laughs> so we've already kind of known this based on. The reporting of Tony Paul and Al and Al Avila's comments in the offseason. But basically, the Tigers' complete analytic department was this one guy, Sam Menzin, under Dombrowski. And Menzin really was walking on eggshells last night. I don't really think he thought that there was going to be people in the audience asking these type of questions of him. Who
0: I mean, poor guy. He's expecting just to go to a Frickin' Home High School. You know, he's like, oh, I'll talk to a couple of high school kids. Yeah, some 45-year-old jerk comes in asking him questions about the organizational structure. Come on. Yeah, and wait, I'd even play the other question, but I asked him a question about how – because
2: his speech was about Moneyball. It was very Moneyball-centric, how Moneyball – when he read the book Moneyball when he was 13, that's when he decided he wanted to get into this, and – he like had clips from Moneyball loaded up to play on the uh, on the overhead, and the ending of his thing was Jonah Hill doing the fist pump when they made the trade. They pulled off that trade, so it was very Moneyball centric. His uh, the speech. So when I asked, I asked him the question of, "Well, in I, in Moneyball, uh, Billy Bean threw a hissy fit when the team drafted a high school pitcher, Jeremy Bonderman." Who they ended up trading to the Tigers because Bean didn't want to develop a high school pitcher, and I said, "Well, how does how do you, how can you um, how does that happen where you you know you how so, do you reconcile? You're so, yeah, you're rec- that's why I said I said the word how do you reconcile that influence of Moneyball on you, and then you just drafted a projectable high school pitcher last week with the highest pick that you've had in many of many years." And he's like, oh, good question. And then he just kind of like just gave me some perfunctory answer. Sure. But, but he did a very good job of, uh, of, of uh, putting out those fires, unlike Dave Dombrowski years ago when he was giving a speech and people had – they had a Q&A, the uh, famous you try to trade him." speech when people were asking him what about uh, like I don't remember whose contract was it Dontrell Willis or Easley or whoever it was and he was just you try to trade him. You try to trade him. There was nothing Menzen's
0: a very bright guy. Uh that wasn't going to happen last in, night. In Dombrowski's defense you try and trade that contract. Yeah. That Dontrell Willis contract. Right. Uh, or whoever it was. But, yeah. uh, in in uh and not in Dombrowski's defense Maybe he should have you know waited well d train pitched one game before signing him to that contract well here's so. the thing
2: Dombrowski uh it was you know years ago before social media kind of exploded and I don't think he thought anyone' was recording that uh George from the website was videoing for periscope got, uh, Menzen's answers and I had a recorder like right up front recording all of the comments so I don't think there was no question that he was that he knew he was uh, under some surveillance but anyway what Think about this for a second. In 2015, Menzen tells us that the Tigers had a analytics department of him, one guy. He went on to explain that his expertise wasn't coding either, which meant they had nobody in the organization who could basically come up with their own... Um, programs their own metrics their own their own yeah their own software or anything sure now they do that's what christopher long is a special i was gonna at. say they,
0: they brought him on right Didn't, he's in and, and he's he's, a, he's more of a data he's a coder guy. he's a, data yeah, a guy. raw data guy yeah
2: sam said sam even said in the speech he's like yeah i've got people to do that they've got interns now it sounds like it's a pretty large department it went from sam a few years ago basically generating these reports handing them to jim leland and Jim Leland throwing him in the garbage, which is something we reported a few years ago. Is by the way, did you ask him about that? No, I was already. I already nah. felt bad for the poor guy. Nah, I mean, right. He was getting. He like shows up for the high school <laughs> ostensibly to be talking to kids in a like twelfth grade math class, and <laughs> Joff Mass is there, bombing him with questions about, uh, you know, w- what was like under the Dombrowski era, questioning the draft of uh, the pitcher from last week, and I asked him one other question. I think about. I tried to. Oh, he threw him a softball, in the middle uh, about you know what's what stats um, would you tell people that they should use versus which ones they shouldn't look at. Mm-hmm. But he was bombing runs batted in and batting average and Wins. those type yeah and those type of stats on his PowerPoint presentation. Um, you know that was kind of where he was coming at, and he was trying to explain WOBA to people
0: and the, some of the advanced metrics. This is a little bit of an aside, but I'm actually one of those people who doesn't hate average as much as uh, a lot of the Sabre metrics really freaks do. I I don't hate it that much. I think there's something to be said although, obviously, slugging percentage is a far more useful thing. I still think average has its place in in our statistical language. Not really. It doesn't because
2: earlier in the season, Saltolamaki was betting about 220, right? And his OPS was like 950. Sure. So what, what does average mean? Adam Dunn Consistently always had a um, low batting average, but he was hitting for power. So it doesn't, batting, to me, batting average is, and, and, and that's what Menzen said. Menzen was like, he, he even showed um, like Bryce Harper last year versus Kendrys Morales. And he said, if you only look at batting average, you'd think Morales was a
0: better player. That's what he was trying to explain to people. Yeah. Take, obviously, totally, I'm just saying, totally shitting on batting obviously average. Obviously, you have to look at it in a bigger picture, but I think that's true with almost any stat you know even when you're looking at fip you have to compare fip to era well don't they're you? all component i mean there's all- it's all components that's yeah, what i'm saying components. i do think but, batting average does have its has its place uh, i don't think wins do in the same way i think rbi's right. do have a place it's a lesser place well that, yeah but they do have their place though well they're, anyway they're, and, he, and he bombed rbi's too so no, that's Wait. fine. I, I get it. RBIs yeah. are not as good as a statistic as, say, war is, right. but that doesn't mean that RBIs are a useless statistic. No, they're not useless, but they're pretty. Much it, it means something. No, it means something in the context. It, means, of the it team. basically would means, it means in something in, team, in the context it of the team. Basically,
2: means how many guys you had on base.
0: But right, I think. But I think that is important. you are looking not for the larger, individual, not for sure, the individual. Sure, and that's but, what he
2: was showing yesterday. He he showed the stat that's saying how many guys, how many opportunities. That's fine. How many opportunities Morales had? Yes, to knock in runs course. versus Bryce Harper, and I think there was forty-seven men more on base. From Morales
0: and Harper, that's, that's why it's a totally fair. That's totally fair. But I just look at it as though completely dismissing RBIs as being an arbitrary, useless stat is a little foolish. I don't think it really. We'll agree to
2: disagree on that. So anyway, so, but
0: it's just in
2: the context that it's just unbelievable to me, where he's basically stating that all the teams in baseball now have all of the same. And this was kind of a constant theme of his speech: was all of the teams have all of the same data now. And everyone's got a department like the Tigers have where they now, like I said in my question, Jay Sartori from Apple who's running the the whole entire
0: division. Well, actually, long, like, if, I'm, if I may, no. The Tigers now have a department like everyone right, else does. But he was, it's the other way around. Right, but he was saying
2: that, okay, because now you've got to kind of game the stats. You've got to have your own proprietary software because everyone's got the same information. But he's saying that on one hand – that everyone's kind of got an even playing field, but last year, in the last five years, the Tigers didn't because it was this one guy who's like twenty seven or twenty eight years old. He couldn't run the whole; he couldn't do
0: it all of himself. Well, oh, especially when Jim Leland's just throwing away his reports, right? It, it was that was completely ignored.
2: At least Osmus <laughs> obviously believes in the shifting and and playing the, the defensive shifts based on a guy's um, propensity to hit to the right side of the infield. That this shit wasn't even. Ha- I mean. That's why the Tigers were playing with one hand tied behind their back for many years, when all these other teams were having departments like the Tigers have now. 15, 10 years ago, five, whatever. The Tigers were playing nineteen sixties baseball with Jim Leland, while everyone else was looking into Statcast. Looking at all this, and it's just—it's just—it's just, it's, ridiculous it, looking back the past, but it gives me hope for the future sure. that they're
0: finally running the organization like they should have. Well, and it really makes you think about what they could have been if they had really just paid any sort of attention to numbers outside of, like you said, the 1960s numbers. If they had paid any sort of attention to the sabermetrics movement, if they had tried to develop their own software, if they hadn't thrown away the scouting reports the uh, the second they got them. If you add Dombrowski's trade uh, abilities to trade with other teams on top of a good statistical base god you know right maybe we're talking about a team that wins two world series instead of just makes it to two and, and george tried to ask him about like the he tried to ask a really
2: long and winding question about i for one i'm
0: <laughs> shocked a lawyer would do
2: something uh, like that regarding regarding the the division of you know And I was going to ask the question, too, because in the movie Moneyball, in the book, which he was focusing on, there was that friction between the front office and the manager, between Art Howe and Billy Bean. And I wanted to kind of ask him that question, but George beat me to it and asked it. And he just like you know he didn't want to talk about Osmus at all obviously like and that's when he kind of said I'm here to talk about you know the math not specific <laughs> like like I'm not going to throw my manager under the bus and sure of, a, of course right so it, but it was interesting and I and and then an hour, about an hour after I got home while the Tigers were blowing the game
0: I got followed on Twitter by Sam Menzin hey there so. you go I I I want to say I also think it's interesting that you bring up that. You know, this is really the Tigers catching up with the rest of the league in this category. They are far from innovators. They are playing catch up. I, I there's maybe you know I I can't speak uh, with knowledge on this, but I would guess the number of teams that are not utilizing large sabermetrics departments at this point, it's got to be less than five. I mean, I it, wonder what Dombrowski's doing. In Boston, because it's
2: interesting that I was told last night that this wasn't by Menden, but someone else who was there who was familiar with Dombrowski, kind of knew him personally, said that in his old office, that the, a woman would come in. There was like a, he'd have boards of stats on his wall in his office. And some woman's job every day was to come in and change the stats like like the like the Wrigley Field scoreboard operator. Like, you, Dave, you didn't have an iPad. You don't have a MacBook. Like what? What the fuck was that all about? Like, Wait, like, that's like how old school, player stats. Yeah, like there was like American League section. Yeah, that's what the guy said because he's been he'd been in his office because he, he. I'm not going to get into the relationship, but he knew for years. I thought the problem was Leland. It clearly was
0: Dombrowski. Well, okay, let's not well, let Jim Leland off the no, hook here. But,
2: well, what I'm saying
0: is, Leland was obvious. It was obvious that Leland <laughs> sure. didn't believe that he, from a from a from a top down leadership right. standpoint. The issue was Dombrowski. The
2: fact that the minute Dombrowski was gone, the first thing Avila did was promote Menzin, hire Sartori, bring in Christopher Long, hired interns, and it doesn't the, seem
0: as though ownership has an issue with it.
2: It doesn't seem as though Ausmus has an issue with it. You haven't heard anything, no. But there still is that disconnect because I, I want, I wish, I, I wish I could have had a true serum to ask Sam Menzin last night, jab him in the side with some serum and say, "What do you think about Aviles, Aviles and uh, Romine my batting second last week?" Wow. I mean, there still is some in the bunting that was going on in some of those games in the late innings. Uh, there's because I'm watching Menzin give this speech, and you can see it on my on the periscope um uh, i got i'm gonna put the whole speech probably up on the website the whole audio if, it, if it's good enough quality and you can also see the periscope
0: which now periscope saves all videos forever oh do they yeah yeah so oh, you can i'm go so back. mad they didn't have that before yeah, i know. I had, a, I had a great street fight from syracuse on, uh, on periscope well, oh. now everything's saved now i love i love white time douchebag memoriam. frat boy street fights oh they're the best yeah they're so, so pathetic so you can go and watch the, <laughs> the q the a and but you're sitting there,
2: and he's giving this PowerPoint presentation where I just said, would, said to myself, God damn, I wish Osmus was sitting here. Because he was showing all of this stuff about these charts about bunting and um, the expected run, run expectancy based on when you got a runner on first, when if you bunt, and all, all this stuff. And I'm thinking, did they sit down in the offseason with Osmus at a conference table like we're sitting at right now with a PowerPoint presentation and show him this? Yeah, it's great that he's explaining this to the kids at Seaholm. But I'm hoping they, they
0: gave this tutorial to the manager as well. Yeah. When we come back... Well, actually, I, I okay, want to interject something, point. actually, really quick. I, you know, we're just talking about how the Tigers are really paying, playing catch-up with the rest of the league. And I know you don't give a shit about the Pistons, but I do have to say, that's one of the things that I appreciate so much about the Detroit Pistons, is that Stan Van Gundy and his staff are on the forefront of a new statistical way, or not even statistical, a new analytical way of trying to find new talent and players and hidden gems by taking every single game and watching every single player and watching every game every player plays in the NBA. Nobody has a bigger video archive and a bigger video analytic department than the Detroit Pistons. That is something I think you're going to see catch on really soon in the rest of the NBA. And it's nice to be on the right side right. of that analytical revolution when the Tigers have been blown, have it. been dragging, and it, it's hard not to feel as though they may have blown a couple chances because of this stubbornness. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to say one more
2: thing, and I just got this text message from someone who I won't name, but I was told that it wasn't some lady who was updating those boards – in Dombrowski's office, the person who was in charge of updating that was Sam Menson. And with that, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, we're going to give away some Tigers tickets, and we are going to talk about Gordie Howe.
1: This is a previously recorded episode. Hot, hot. And,
4: then, and I then, then I heard a, heard sh- a sh-
2: All right, we're back. The DSR, the Detroit Sports Track, is sponsored by KellyTickets.com. Today the DSR is giving away some Tiger tickets. I don't know what, for what game, but it's Tiger tickets. Uh, I think if you're the fourth caller to 877-225-8425, that's 877-225-8425, you'll win the Tiger tickets. Um, Cali tickets, call them for all your tickets needs. Paul Simon next uh, this coming Sunday at Meadowbrook. Guns N' Roses at Ford Field. Uh, Prophets of Rage, September 1st Ooh. at uh, DTE. A lot of great uh, shows at the Palace and DTE this summer on top of Tiger tickets and all your ticket needs at goingbacktocali, calitickets.com. Talk to our friend Mark Goldman at uh, calitickets.com and he'll uh, hook you up. Mention the DSR and I think you get some sort of uptick, I think, if you mentioned the DSR. I was gonna
0: say, isn't isn't Prophets of Rage, isn't that like being like, Yeah, ooh, can't wait to go see Queen without uh without Freddie Mercury. We actually played some Prophets of Rage live on the podcast
2: last Tuesday. Yeah. And it's it's interesting. I mean obviously it's not uh, Zach, but Be Real does a good job and I was surprised that I do love uh, Be Real. Yeah. I always love my Cypress yeah. Hell. Be Real does a pretty good job on some of the songs and I was surprised. I I think it's a more natural fit for Be Real to uh, do some of the uh, the rage songs. I think he's similar to Zach. It, or, there's a little more familiarity there with probably the music than Chuck D. But I thought you know Chuck D's Chuck D's Chuck D. Oh, there's no show after us today. No, there's no undercard? God Damn it!
1: Why do I write shit down? Because you, you didn't just blurted out.
2: I don't care. This All show's right. been a fucking train wreck since six ten. So yeah,
1: well, yeah. Or it should I be five
2: ten. No,
0: I'm pretty sure. Where's the, the undercard?
1: I feel like it was train wreck before that. But I was gonna it, say, it I, I think I think this like, show's yeah. been a train wreck so. since
0: the first day it went not on air. Due but. to my
1: drunkenness and your inability to actually name MP3s, so oh,
0: it's my fault. A
1: hundred percent. Yep, took a screenshot of it and sent it out on DSR.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Don't don't I have to take you to this task for something, I, Jeff? This, you is how
2: I, on on. this is how I named it. This is how I named it. It's not my
1: fault. This is How'd how you you name I named it. Are you ready?
2: One, I called Elric Moss dead.
1: Okay. One I called yeah, Moss Elric uh-huh, parking right. lot.
2: Of course, one I called yeah. homophobia. Well,
1: good for you. One
2: I called keyboard yeah, tough but, guys. Uh-huh. One I called I mean, Moss he, Menzen. Yep,
1: good for How you. How is it my
2: fault when they get well, sent to you? They
0: get labeled one. Those are
1: old. those
2: are all. I, will say, shit I understand. Anything anything I, I know exactly like which
1: clip loaded. you're referring to on and, each uh, one of those. Yeah, and I okay. know. I know you're taking right. screenshots. Stop fucking I know you, I
2: know you're taking screenshots and trying to incriminate me on the DSR. You're
1: trying to incriminate me I'm here. I'm just yeah, saying, you, you got You're a like few to drink. Jessica's it's not fault. your fault. She's drunk.
0: He'd only be incriminating like, you. Yeah, I'm a little if-
1: drunk, but I can still add one plus one still equals two. I'm, so blaming, I'm blaming
0: Dave because he never should have taken you to drink before <laughs> yeah. the show. Uh, so it's which Dave, which is
1: still nonsense. Like Phillips. by proxy, no, blaming me.
0: No wonder the undercard isn't here. They heard Jessica on the air and, she, and they know, said, "Screw it, we don't need this." We don't need this today.
1: That's cute and all, Jasper, but it's his kid's kindergarten graduation. So good for you, Brad.
2: Oh, that's why
1: you've got to moving Brad. on a six year old.
2: Nobody cares yeah. about them. The girls could
0: have showed up. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know yeah, you. The, just the ring girls want
1: to see tits and ass, but yeah. But you wait, know, well, I'm sorry. Not today.
0: I'm not to not to call out a show on our own podcast network, but,
1: but what do the did. what do the
0: what do the ring girls really do in a they audio They just sit format? there
1: and look cute, and they have boobs. Well, some of do them they, have do they do they Periscope? Booty, I don't know, but they should and do they lots should, of but otherwise. What's Live the point? Because, Anyway, but they 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 have you know MMA fighters on and all that talk about their experiences about you know beating yeah. the shit out of people. I've never and vice quite versa. understood
2: why having ring girls for a audio an show. audio show. That's
0: what I'm saying. That because, makes about as much okay, sense. We got to yeah, bring them right, in next right. Last Tuesday. Last time I checked, yeah.
1: you guys have penises, so when it comes yeah, to TNA, like if there's like a Facebook Live thing going on or Periscope, uh, and you're like, what am what I going to do? Am I going to watch? If they're know, if you, their
0: facebook yeah, live and are periscoping it, I get it. Yeah, but yeah,
1: but I feel like they are. We'll bring them in next they, week they, at the yeah, end we'll, of the we'll
0: show. We'll so get they, the answers. We'll get the tough answers yeah. to the tough questions. Question
1: them next week. Anyway,
0: mm-hmm. Jeff. You know, the, the time the time of the show where Spiro usually calls in.
1: Wow. <laughs> where or, is he?
0: Or the time of the Why show where he uh, where he tweets at us saying how terrible our show has been. I can't Although argue with him tonight. yeah, that's going to say this time. Can't argue with him tonight. He's got a point.
1: Blame it all on me. no. You know, well, not okay, your, yeah, fine, your no. mistitling of, you know, MP3s. Right, you want to go after
0: me now? You well, yeah, yeah. sure. I would like to go after you because the Detroit area lost a legend. Really, there's no other way to put it. Gordie Howe. Gordie Howe. See, exactly. You knew exactly mm-hmm. who I was talking about when I said Because
1: he's amazing.
0: A he's a legend. Arguably the greatest player to ever mm-hmm. don the winged wheel. Arguably the greatest player of all time. Arguably. Very arguably. Which we'll Very be. arguably. Now, Gordie Howe passed away on what Saturday, right? No, Friday morning. Friday morning. Friday morning, my apologies. And obviously, there was a lot of talk in the Detroit sports media. Now, a lot of guys in radio or on Twitter tried to argue that Gordie Howe, This a Scott Anderson's take, by the way. Gordie Howe should have his number retired across the league, which, Jeff, you took a lot of issue with, saying that, here we go, ha, 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 Simpleton. Now, that was to uh, Bill Simonson tweeting out, I hope the Illich family changes the name of their new home for the Wings to the Gordie Howe Arena. It's the right thing to do. Can I now, explain that one? Oh, no, you don't have to explain anything. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Oh, so, yeah, I mean, they're naming a fucking bridge after him. I mean...
2: That is, that's pretty good. I'd rather have a bridge named after me, which is going to be there probably forever, as opposed to happen. an arena that's going... What's never going to happen?
1: A bridge named after you. No, he, no not no, me. I, Gordie Howe. I they're know, him. I know. I understand. Gordie why.
2: Howe. They're naming the bridge, the second bridge. To Canada, to Windsor. After Gordy Howe, they're not going to name a bridge and a hockey arena. Not to mention, forget how stupid that is with the complete the economics of the situation. Of course, it's going to be named. Every stadium going forward is going to have a corporate sponsor for to the end of time. Sure, uh, they're not going to name it the Gordy Howe Arena. They got the Gordy Howe Bridge. That's a that's a very wonderful um, commemoration of the man and. A lot more people are going to are going to be on that bridge than going to the, the uh, Red Wing games or Taylor Swift concerts. Well, on top, so you, of don't, so
0: you don't disagree with that one. I don't disagree okay, with that. Thank you. Nor do I disagree with necessarily with the next tweet that you sent out. I, I do agree disagree with some of the words. Bob Wojanowski tweeted: "Another legend goes as Gordie Howe passes in his sport, the greatest of all time, an even greater guy, Mister Hockey, Mister Red Wing." You say. He was very good. He wasn't the greatest of all time, but keep pandering to the masses, you slob. Now, you follow this up with another tweet saying, somebody goes, Moss, you're not one of those Gretzky was better than how guys, are you? Please tell me you're not. And you tweet, and this is where I have a huge fucking issue with you. You go, Gretzky, Lemieux, or, as in Bobby Orr, I could go on and on now Jeff you need to explain yourself because this okay. because when you, because myself. because the list probably goes in some order Gretzky Lemieux or and then how unless you're going to start arguing with me that Yaramir Yager and Mark Messier are more deserving of that four spot
2: okay first of all let's back up uh Gordie Howe might have been the best player of his generation. He might have been the best gen- player of he's like, not a the generation be- I've and half. never I've never seen Gordie Howe's name on any legitimate list as the greatest hockey player of all time the hockey news any it's it just it's just it's just never really Gordie's never considered the right. greatest player of all time. Do you understand It's pretty much th- commonplace that that it's either Gretzky or sometimes Lemieux and then most lists will have Howe in the top four, usually number four there's, or number three. Now, now, but hold on. A second. Can no, I can, Jeff, I, can, I, can like, I explain myself? Okay. Can I explain? All myself? right, explain your bad All position. Right. It's not a bit. <laughs> if you want, if you want to talk about, and we can go over tonight because there's nobody coming in, and we were. Oh, I minutes. can't. Like, I have work. Oh, I can keep. I can just keep going on and on.
1: Jeff can literally. Yeah. Sit I know here you and will. talk yeah. to himself. I, so yes. there's that. So
2: here's my issue. Okay, with with the NHL in hockey, in most sports. It's kind of, you can make some comparisons in eras, okay? If you want to talk about uh, Pistol Pete Maravich, his shooting versus Steph Curry, I think you can have that discussion. Would you argue with me on that? Well, yeah, of course. You can't argue about the, you you think that the NBA has changed more than the NHL in the last 40 or 50 years? No sport has changed more than hockey. Well, actually, got, that's that's untrue. Football. No, football, but... Oh, I, I don't think so. Okay. Hold on. In the NHL in the 60s, you had goalies not wearing masks, so players couldn't even take a slap shot. The slap shot hadn't, hadn't even been basically invented. A, a shot that is, you know, obviously pretty prevalent in today's game. Prevalent. Yeah, thank you. Um... You had no backup goalies in the 50s and 60s. Not until the mid-60s did you have two goalies on a roster. You had the backup trainer. Excuse me, the trainer. The Red Wings trainer was the backup goalie for both teams up until about 1965. The trainer, Jasper. So if the Montreal Canadiens goalie got hurt at the Olympia, the Red Wings trainer came into the game to be the backup goalie. If you've ever watched hockey from the 60s and 50s on ESPN Classic, they were showing highlights of Gordie Howe goals the other night. The goaltending was an abomination. It was a joke. The goals that they would score were ridiculous. So I have an inherent bias against the players from that era, whether it be Andre Richard, whether it be Gordie Howe, I think hockey made a huge shift when Bobby Orr came around. That's why I can make it, I think there's a a solid argument that you can make that Bobby Orr is the greatest hockey
0: player of all time. I wouldn't argue, I wouldn't argue that Howe, and by the way, I wouldn't argue that Howe is better than Orr Lemieux or Gretzky. Okay. I wouldn't argue that. All right. So...
2: What was I saying that was so incendiary? I was commenting about. On I wasn't and commenting. On. Hold on, I wasn't commenting about how. How, like I said, was probably the best player of his generation. Okay,
0: but <laughs> then why would you say he was very good when, when a guy he goes, wasn't very good? Well, he was
2: great. He was
0: great. He I was one said he was, of the was, five greatest hockey I, players I don't think ever. So. I don't think so because I think the game was a, was complete. Well, that's like no, okay. Game back but that's then. like saying like, "Oh, well, you know, Wilt Chamberlain went up against a bunch of guys that smoke cigarettes." Well, but guess what? He was still Wilt fucking Chamberlain. You can't take away from a man and his accomplishments because of the the lack of skill of the other men around him. You can't. That's that's it's not it's, that's it's a logical it a, fallacy. It was just a different It doesn't make him game. less great. It was a
2: different game. And I'm Okay and I'm, it was and, a different and, game. Hold on. But he was
0: the greatest response, at that game.
2: My response to Wojo was to Wojo. Specific to Wojo that he was pandering to say that you know, we, and the DSR has been has all been all about being honest whether or not someone died or whatever. When I went oh, oh really? Well, you're the same man who said that Muhammad Ali is the greatest boxer of all time when he wasn't. I said he was the I didn't I said he I never said he was the greatest boxer of all time. Never said he was the greatest boxer of all time ever. Never said that. Never said it. I'm I'm pulling this up he right was the now. the greatest just, of all time, but not the greatest boxer. I don't know if he was a, I don't know if he was better than Sugar Ray Robinson. I don't know if he was better than Joe Louis. I have no idea. Okay. I have no clue. What okay. I'm saying is my point was to Wojo specifically. It was very Bob Wojnowski like to come on and just declare, just to pander to Detroit sports fans that he was the greatest of all time. He, oh. I don't, I personally don't think he was the greatest of all time. This is a provincial If you're starting town. a team, if this you're starting a, a team, you're taking Orr, Lemieux and Gretzky. He's the over, greatest. He's the greatest player. Howell.
0: He's the greatest player in the history of this town. He's the greatest player of his generation. He's the greatest player of his era. He's the greatest. Play- I don't think he was the greatest Red Wing of all time. Of course, Sergei Fedorov. Right. Well, I, you can make a case for Lidstrom too. Uh you can make a case. You but can you make be a wrong. case that
2: Lidstrom is the second best defenseman no. in the history of hockey. What sure. are your
1: top five, Jeff? You can make a My case. Top five but Red Wings. Yeah.
2: Um, Iserman, Howe, Fedorov, Lidstrom, and Shanahan. No, uh, no, 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 not not <laughs> McCarthy. Shanahan. Probably someone I don't know. Probably Red Kelly, Delvecchio, one of those older. Not guys, Ted I guess Lindsay. You want? No, no.
0: Okay. Anyway, but, but anyway, but, I'm, no, not saying, no, no. My, I'm not saying I'm not.
2: I'm not trashing the guy. I'm just. I have him. like – he might. It's hard to compare the eras. That's fine. Go but, watch but, an old Gordie Howe hockey
0: Jeff, game, Jeff. I'm all I'm saying is that you're being, you're being a little ridiculous. No, what do you what do you think okay, the conversation is going to be? No, I think you have outsized expectations. I think you have. Uh, a ridiculous expectation, frankly, on the local media here. I think you have a ridiculous expectation of the fans here. This Detroit is Detroit. We care about Detroit here. That's what people in Detroit care about. And Gordie Howe not only represents So if greatest, someone came out and
2: said Ty Cobb the was the greatest, greatest
0: baseball player of all time,
2: You, I can't comment on that?
0: No, but if he said. Can if, I comment on that? But if somebody said that the day that he died, you let it up. go. You let it go for that day because it's not about. Stats. It's not about an analytical approach. It's how Gordie Howe made you no, feel. No, he saying he was
2: the greatest hockey player of all time, and he's, that's what I disagree with. Do you with. really
0: think that Bob Wojen, do you really think that most of the people who are saying that he's the greatest player of all time really think he's the greatest player so of all why time? I say it. Do you think that you couldn't convince him that why? they weren't? Because it's an emotional day. God. You know so when where my grandma the di- line? Yeah. So where do you draw the you line? It. Look, it's when my grandma, oh, here's He's all I'm saying. Here's all I'm saying, Jeff. Jeff, when my grandma died, uh, I'm not going to deny that I'm insensitive, Greg-, well, Greg. obviously, Jeff. Jeff, when my grandma died, I said she was the best grandma in the world. Guess what, folks? <laughs> my grandma was not the best grandma in the world. I don't think she would even have cracked top 150 million. Aww. Unfortunately, she wasn't a great grandma. So why'd you say it? <laughs> Because it's how I felt at the time. There's a sense of loss. This no, is not. This no, is a man who represented. No, okay, it's okay, a man. Can we go on to one no, other point. No. Well, let me finish. G- Gordy Howe represented more than just his statistical accomplishments. He represented more than just the wins, than the All Star no, games. Nobody than the ever said he wasn't a great he, guy. I didn't say he was a, saying he might be the greatest guy in the world. He represents this entire organization. He is, he,
2: and so he is Steve Eisenman. And when he dies, back. Bob Wojnowski is going to say, "If by some miracle, Bob Wojnowski,
0: back away from the mic, Bob
1: Wojnowski, thank you for me. the love of God, back seriously, away like, I'm going to be with mic. stuff when you yell into it like that." Now but that's that's here's how, you how you yell. yell. That's how don't you yell. don't yell like this. Don't yell do like that. this. Exactly. Yell like this.
2: Christ. So when Iserman dies, <laughs> if somehow, by some miracle... Guess what? Everyone will Bob say he, Wol- was, the he was the greatest.
0: Yeah. Well, I can't call bullshit on that. I'm not not the day of. Not the week of. Wait a month. If he in went- a month, Bob Wojanowski is still He's tweeting out... say it. Oh, I can't believe it's been a month since <laughs> the greatest hockey player of all time, Gordie Howe, died. Then you can call him out. Can I go to one more thing? And then you try to defend... you got to be a little okay. sensitive. Try defend this. Then Scott the whale, virginal
2: manatee, not your friend that you were playing at Seahome last night, the 97-1 host... Goes on and says that the league should retire the number. Hold on. Should retire the number nine league wide.
0: He's a dumbass.
2: Okay. Jo- so was I, Scott okay. Anderson. I'm is asking a you ass. a question. In the Jasper Scott rules the of, societal, of societal propriety, was I allowed to say that Scott Anderson was a dumbass? Yes. For, so that I was allowed to say. Yes, of course, because. There's a difference. How am I supposed to know the
1: line, Jasper? He's so alive. Can okay, you it's understand? that simple.
0: Can you understand no, no no no? What?
1: What? What? Did I miss something? Did you just say
0: he's still alive?
1: Yeah, isn't he?
0: No. Okay. Uh, I well, we're I'm I'm right. moving past you, Jessica. I'm just woof. Go on. Uber. My my <laughs> point is that the two things aren't the same. There's a difference between saying that he was the greatest player of all time, which is an emotional reaction, and saying something. That they should retire his number nine. Which is there's a difference between being emotional and being stupid. There's a difference. Well, there
2: is. Do you understand there's why a someone we, like me has a problem delineating between where that line is? I don't think sure, I because
0: was, you're a little autistic.
2: Exactly. I'm yeah. not going to deny that. So I don't know where that line is. It's, you're telling me it was okay to mock Simonson. For saying that they should rename, they should name the arena
0: after him. Because, You're saying it was
2: okay to mock because, because there's a breakdown
0: in logic. In both of those cases, there's a breakdown in logic, and also a, a ridiculous demand that the league or the Illiches do something. No, no, that's not on you. That's stupid. That's being like, you know, uh, oh, I, if I get hit by a car tomorrow. I'm not going to expect ESPN to give me a shout-out as an up-and-coming broadcaster. It's not the same thing. I wasn't denigrating Gordie Howe's legacy. I was commenting you on do specific denigrate, You do denigrate his legacy, though. I was legacy, on though. T- But no. when you say he was a very good player, when you say I, the list goes on and on about players who are better than him all time, when the list reasonably is maybe five players— Maybe. Regardless of what you think about the the level of play in the 50s and 60s, the man did play in three different fucking decades, okay? And he played pretty goddamn well in all of them. So when you say he's a very good player, when you say that there's somehow this laundry list of better players, that's not true. Let's, let's Let's talk about something else. All the
2: other leagues had a lot of teams. Major League Baseball... Even though they were not allowing black players until Jackie Robinson, there was tons of teams in the American National League. Tons of teams in the NFL. The NHL was an intramural league, basically, for many, many years. Hold on. You had six teams, basically 120 players in the whole entire world, 95%, which were from Canada. The league was... It. I mean, it was a joke. I'm sorry. Uh, see, that's where I I'm, disagree. I, with you I, I apologize. I'm sorry guess that you didn't this, have to play against the Swedes, the Russians, the Finns. I, guess it, what? It, it kind of reminds me of Babe Ruth
0: not having to play against African American players. It's, that would maybe that comparison would maybe hold up if Canadians six weren't teams, still, if the six can, teams. if Canadians weren't still the best hockey players in the world. I don't remember white people being better than Dominicans lately in baseball. You know why? Because they're not. Well, I don't know. I think Finnish hockey players are pretty damn good. Finnish hockey players uh, are pretty Swedish damn good. Swedish hockey
2: players are pretty damn good. Russian Russian hockey players. Let's check out the Series in nineteen seventy-two. Let's check out pretty close Olympic,
0: series. Let's check out those Olympic medals sometime soon. Look, well, you can the make. Russians a case dominated can, for many you years, can make my a friend. Case for Russia, you can make a case for Russia, but it's, all I'm saying is the league was six freaking teams. It was like an intermitter. I mean, it was a joke. Yeah, you're right. As opposed to the NHL, which is about to expand to what 34 teams, that's not going to be a joke at all. That's going to be some great hockey, Jeff. Woo! Can't wait to see that. They're, Las- probably, they're can't probably wait to see. Can't wait to see the Las Vegas gamblers. There's probably some suit happy up.
2: medium in between, which was probably 21 teams when they added the WHA teams back in the sure when they when Gretzky is, so, the, but, the, those teams came
0: in but that's the what I'm uh, saying. whalers and and you know you want to make the argument for for the 80s well the 80s had some of the worst goaltending ever the goaltending was a joke in the 80s you look at the amount of points that were scored in the 80s it was almost a full goal per game more than in the 50s and 60s okay. You're not going to you're not going to say that that's more impressive what how did scoring as much as he did staying on top of that leader list for as long as he did I'll, when the, I'll, I'll say when this, the scoring to was me, so much lower, Gretzky and Lemieux were much more impressive to I'm me not arguing than that. Gordie Howe. That's, I'm, just my, I'm not that's my opinion. That. I can't argue that because guess what? I wasn't alive for any of them. But I think you do denigrate the man's legacy when you say he was very good. I think you do denigrate the man's legacy when you say as though there's a list of players that goes on and on that were better than him. Look at the top ten of scoring. Find me six guys who are better than he was.
2: You, you can't. You I don't think point. you can. You make good points. I, I, my my issue has always been, I, I just don't have a ton of respect for the NHL pre-expansion. Uh, uh, that's just, and that's my always been my inherent bias. So I, I don't think pointing out that I thought that they sh- they didn't have to name the arena that I didn't. I thought that Bob Ojanowski was pandering. And the fact that I don't think they should retire the number number nine. I agree when, with you on when two with you. I don't, I, I don't know how many Hall of Famers have wore
0: number nine. Richard Madonna. I mean, you could go on and on down the list. It'd be like it's saying, "Oh, stupid. we need to retire eight number eighty one for Calvin Johnson." You well, know what I mean? <laughs> they never retired Babe Ruth's number. <laughs>
2: That's what I'm saying. I mean, and, and the thing is, is that the, and people say, "Well, they retired Gretzky's number." Well, no one was going to be a narcissist to take no one. You have to be a lunatic like 99. to take ninety nine after Gretzky. It was a completely bizarre number, and Gretzky picked it because he couldn't wear number nine, because, and that's he wanted to wear it to honor um, Howe, but he couldn't wear it because someone was wearing it for the uh, for the Oilers. Maybe it was Glenn Anderson, I don't remember. So he picked 99, and, uh, you know, so it's just stupid. So I think we're, we're splitting hairs here. I don't think I was being that insensitive uh, that day to have, getting attacked by people that
0: I was, like bombing it's someone it's not insensitive died. Jeff but I think you when you're you say stuff like with that, me well I'm saying when I when you leap to saying things like that I don't think it separates you all that much from the Bob Wojanowskis of the world because you're acting on emotion you're you're so caught up in them being wrong that you're not able to see where you're being a little short-sighted where you are overlooking the facts where you are Falling prey to your own emotion and becoming hyperbolic yourself. I don't see there being much of a difference between what Bob Wojanowski saying that Gordy Howe was the greatest and you saying there was a laundry list of players that were better than him. I don't well, see
2: the difference. I said, What did I say? What was the exact tweet? I said, Lemieux
0: or Gretzky, I could go on and on. I could go on, Lemieux, Gretzky, or I could go on and on. Okay.
2: Well, So what if I said, if I so if I didn't say go on and on, you'd have no problem with me. I mean, seriously, that's what you're boiling it down to, to two words, three, four words.
0: Well, yes, but those three or four words, I mean, <laughs> if we take away the three or four words where Bob Wojanowski called Gordie Howe the greatest hockey oh, player of all time, different. I don't see how it is all that different because right. I just said it's the same. You're, you're both re- you realize, of emotion.
2: You realize there are people who, don't see, who would say that he's not even the greatest Red
0: Wing of all time. Uh, sure, that's fine. There's people okay. who could say that, but they'd be wrong. Okay. They'd be wrong. All right. No one, no one, I mean, no one was as, no one was the best on their team for as much winning as he was. Say what you will about Lidstrom. He wasn't the best player on his team for all those cups, and he didn't win four of them. No, but a lot of people consider him the second best defenseman of all time. Yeah, that's fine. So it's not Gordie Howe. All right. (laughs) I got work.
2: I'm an awful human being. You've got to go to work. Yeah. Unfortunately, go eat some
0: I'm, I'm, I'm done destroying your uh, your psyche for today. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Don't feel weird. That's been awkward pretty much the majority of the time, so it doesn't really matter.
0: Yeah, well, that's only because we're naked. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not me. Yeah.
1: Thankfully, that would. It, All right. That's we'll not be happening. back next Tuesday. <laughs> I
0: don't know. We'll see who attacks the DSR. You're cut off.
1: I thought yeah. i would in what dumbass what up.
0: controversies we uh kick up hopefully next week we'll actually have something to talk about instead of me bitching at jeff for his choice of words but yeah. we'll see no guarantees <laughs> all right good night everyone
1: this is a previously recorded episode